From Schwartz Media, I'm Ruby Jones. This is 7am. As political battles over the government's stimulus measures and proposed industrial relations reforms loom, Scott Morrison has been taking aim at the federal opposition. The Prime Minister claims he isn't preparing for an early election, but his actions suggest otherwise. Today, columnist for the Saturday paper, Paul Bongiorno, on how Scott Morrison is drawing influence from his political predecessors. Paul, Scott Morrison was back in Canberra this week after his brief trip to Queensland, and it seems like since he's been back, he's been on the attack? Yeah, that's right, Ruby. I think the Prime Minister must have been eating uh, raw meat up there in Queensland. That every extra dollar they earn, they'll get taxed less on it by our government than on by the Labor Party. And that's what they can have... In Parliament, uh, he targeted opposition leader Anthony Albanese. He took issue with uh, Albanese's public musings about tampering with the full implementation of the Stage 3 tax cuts, the $95 billion worth of tax cuts, which aren't due till 2024. The has in his sights taking back the hard-earned earnings, Mr Speaker, of Australians earning as little as $45,000 a year, Mr Speaker. He wants to take their tax cut off them. He said that when Labor wants to spend, they always want a tax. And showing considerable chutzpah, in my view, the Prime Minister said that in all Albanese's years in the role as opposition leader, he hadn't seen a policy that was affordable. After these years of the Leader of the Opposition has been in this role, Mr Speaker, I haven't seen an alternative policy, Mr Speaker, yet that there's anything to speak of that he can pay for. Is it a risky move, Paul, to criticise Labor's spending, given the budget deficit that the Morrison government has just handed down? (laughs) Well, Ruby, the Labor benches literally fell about laughing at that coming from a Prime Minister who, as you say, had just delivered an unprecedented $213 billion budget deficit instead of a surplus and was heading to a record near-trillion-dollar net debt. Australians know they can trust the government when it comes to managing the economy, Mr Speaker. They know they can trust the government when we say... Morrison's attacks on Labor seem to suggest the party, that is the Labor Party, can't borrow the $4 billion it needs to pay for the cost of its early education childcare package uh, from the same sources as the Liberals. The Prime Minister's attitude reminds me of former Treasurer Peter Costello. He used to say to me, there are two kinds of debt, Labor debt and Liberal debt. We are paying off Labor's debt and soon we can begin saving. Saving for the future, saving for the ageing of the population. In his view, Labor debt was, wait for it, always bad. And uh, Liberal debt was always good. Well, the voters will have the final say uh, on that, and um, Morrison knows it. No matter when he subjects the government to their judgment, they'll be the ones deciding whose debt is less threatening. Now, hardheads in the Labor caucus say the only way any government can deal with the mountain of debt still piling up, thanks to the devastation of the pandemic, is to grow the economy 
And you know, Ruby, Costello got lucky when he was treasurer because the mining boom turbocharged economic growth and poured revenue into the government's coffers. That's how he got his string of surpluses. Ten surplus budgets, we paid it all off. Ten deficits, we borrowed it all back. On the other hand, the Morrison government, with its current withdrawing of government support and cutting spending, if it gets the timing wrong, if it goes too early, it'll only lead to higher unemployment and crunching of the economy. And of course, it would mean a lot more pain for voters. And indeed, there was an ominous sign during the week that the gamble of withdrawing JobKeeper, the wage support, is not paying off. Mm, Let's talk about that. What has the effect been of cutting JobKeeper payments at the start of the month? Well, the government cut the fortnightly JobKeeper payment by $300 for full-time workers and halved it for part-time workers uh, two weeks ago. And the latest Australian Bureau of Statistics figures show the number of payroll jobs had fallen by just under 1% uh, in the period. That means when you apply the ABS data, businesses have shed around 113,000 jobs during the period. These figures may make the government, many would hope, think twice about any plans to also slash the job seeker unemployment benefit at the end of the year, Morrison told the party room that's now under review. But the winding up of income support measures, the depletion of people's savings, especially from their superannuation accounts, and the reckoning for many businesses who will no longer be allowed to trade while insolvent means that financial pressure and hardship facing households already can only intensify in coming months. We'll be back in a moment. Need a reminder of what political leadership looks like? Australia's master of political satire, Jonathan Biggins, is back embodying the iconic Paul Keating visionary, reformer and rabble-rouser. Due to overwhelming demand, one-man comedy The Gospel According to Paul is returning to the Opera House, on from the 4th to 23rd of June for its final term ever. Secure your tickets now at sydneyoperahouse.com for an unforgettable evening. As a a 7am listener, you're already familiar with many of the journalists who work for The Saturday Paper. For a limited time, subscribe to Australia's leading independent news source, The Saturday Paper, and you'll receive The Saturday Paper's stainless steel coffee cup, made in collaboration with Fresco, for free. Subscribe from just $2.10 a week. Simply visit thesaturdaypaper.com.au forward slash offer. Paul, the government has foreshadowed changes to industrial relations laws as part of what it says are its plans for an economic recovery. So what is the latest on that front? Well, Ruby, Labor and the union movement are bracing for a fight when the Attorney-General, Christian Porter, who's also the Industrial Relations Minister, releases his omnibus bill at the end of the year to amend industrial relations laws. The Prime Minister asked Porter to brief the party room on his workplace reforms. Now, ACTU Secretary Sally McManus was a willing participant in the working groups ahead of these reforms, but she's already expressed misgivings about their outcomes. In Australia, we've got awards, and awards are the minimum wages and conditions, and you can't pay people below those awards. We are worried that uh, they are pursuing uh, changes that would reduce those award rights. 
Much, of course, will depend on the weight Morrison gives these reforms to deliver his promised economic recovery. And I'm now very concerned that what's going on is that some of the employer groups are actively lobbying the government to try and achieve cuts to workers' rights. And obviously, we think that that would be... It could well be a test of courage of both the Prime Minister and the opposition leader if they draw a line in the sand on the bill's measures and decide to slug it out. That'll depend on whether Labor thinks the reforms are too close to John Howard's work choices. So it looks like a fight is brewing then over industrial relations? That's right, Ruby. And on other fronts, uh, over in the Labor caucus meeting this week, Albanese told his troops that we're in third gear. By that he meant they were off and running already with a major childcare policy to promote and sell, and he said it wouldn't be long before they got into fourth gear with a lot more. Paul, over the past few weeks, you've been hinting that Scott Morrison is weighing up an early election. So were there any indications from this week about the likelihood of that? Well, as we know, there are many factors that feed into a Prime Minister's thinking when they ponder election timing. Without doubt, one is the assessment of the electorate's mood and of where the economy might be heading and, of course, how the Liberal brand is travelling. Now, the pasticcio of the Berejiklian Liberal government in New South Wales is a definite negative in this regard. You might remember that Premier Berejiklian's secret boyfriend was making thousands of dollars out of a cash-for-visa scheme to get Chinese nationals into the country so they can work. Well, that clearly involved the Federal Department of Home Affairs, which runs customs, and Christina Keneally, the shadow minister, said the fact that this scam could go on for seven years without the department noticing is pretty significant of itself. And on Tuesday in the Coalition Party Room, Scott Morrison announced he was a full-termer According to the official post-meeting briefing, the message was clear and deliberate and it came in the context of the Prime Minister warning the troops against complacency following the positive reception of the budget and the fact the government was ahead in the published opinion polls. And according to the party room's spokesman, Morrison said there's a risk in good times when things are going well, you can fall prey to complacency, to disunity and to the work rate dropping off. You get distracted. And as we were saying, there's plenty around to distract the government at the moment. Well, Morrison identified with advice he said former Prime Minister John Howard had given years before, and that is that elections are too hard to win. Besides, the Prime Minister said he was enjoying the job and facing up to the enormous challenge of the economic crisis. The next election, he said, was the furthest thing from his mind. Well... As gallery journalists filed out of the room after the briefing, uh, one veteran drew laughs when he said, well, that's it, we're heading for an early election. Paul, thank you so much for your time today. Thanks again, Ruby. Bye. Mahler's music embodies the very essence of humanity. Experience his epic Song of the Earth with the Australian Chamber Orchestra, Richard Tognetti and internationally acclaimed opera stars Stuart Skelton and Catherine Carby. Opens May 12. Book now at aco.com.au.
also in the news today, at least 500 people are in self-isolation and two schools have been closed as the Victorian government grapples with a new COVID-19 outbreak in Melbourne's northern suburbs. Residents in Dallas, Roxburgh Park, Broadmeadows, Preston and West Heidelberg have been put on high alert and have been urged to get tested immediately if they have mild symptoms after five cases in the area were recorded yesterday. And in the United States, the FBI has announced that Iran and Russia are attempting to interfere with the 2020 US election. National security officials said Iran was behind threatening emails sent to voters, but there was no indication that any votes themselves had been altered or that the voter registration systems had been hacked. 7am is a daily show from The Monthly and The Saturday Paper. It's produced by Ruby Schwartz, Atticus Basto and Michelle Macklem. Elle Marsh is our Features and Field Producer in a position that's supported by the Judith Nielsen Institute for Journalism and Ideas. Brian Compo mixes the show. Our editor is Osman Faruqi. Eric Jensen is our editor-in-chief. Our theme music is by Ned Beckley and Josh Hogan of Envelope Audio. New episodes of 7am are released every weekday morning. Subscribe in your favourite podcast app to make sure that you don't miss out. I'm Ruby Jones. See you next week.